Well, hello everybody again, and welcome to another episode of the Weirdly Magical Podcast. And this is the Scorpio Full Moon edition. The full moon will be on May the 18th at 10, 11 p.m. London time, universal time, or British standard time, whichever. (laughs) And um, I am Louise Eddington, or Lou. I'm an astrologer, shamanic practitioner, and writer of the book, Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Find your soul's true purpose. So I offer soul astrology readings. I occasionally offer classes and I also have an online community um, membership um, where I have different levels of membership All can be found at louiseeddington.com with one D. And I help you to live in deep self-awareness and acceptance. Jen. Well, hello, I'm Jen. <laughs> I'm an Akashic healer, uh, reader, illuminator, numerologist, teacher, and creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. Um, and I offer healing, clearing, Akashic and Merc readings, workshops, and I have an online group um, called the Soul Pillow Salon which is a monthly membership and all can be found at my at gendushen.com or by contacting me. And uh, I offer a creative way of looking at your life in a new way. So you can start fresh. So as I said, today we're looking at the full moon. The full moon, um, a full moon is an opposition between the moon and the sun. So the moon will be at 27 degrees and 38 minutes of Scorpio. And the sun will be at 27 degrees and 38 minutes of Taurus. So we're going to talk about that and all the aspects to that. Before we dive in, um, just a quick bit of housekeeping. Then Jen's going to pull a card for us. If you enjoy the podcast, please, please subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And also, please take the time to go to iTunes and leave us a review. The more reviews we get and the more five star, hopefully, (laughs) um, ratings we get, the more the podcast gets seen, basically. And we also have a Patreon now for just $3 a month. You can support our podcast and we'll be introducing special patron only content moving forward. And that's patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. Lastly, each episode, we're going to feature a listener question. Questions need to be emailed to weirdly magical podcast at gmail.com. And one question will be chosen at random. No personal details will be shared on the podcast other than your first name. So send us your questions. Um, You know, we're getting a lot of listeners on the podcast and not many questions yet. So uh, we really want to answer your questions. So so send them our way. Um, So, but for now, uh, Jen, you have a card for us, yeah? Yes, I do. So I pulled from the Illuminating Journey deck that I created and uh, has soul portals. And so the one that came up this time is number 20, soul portal number 20. So for those of you who can't see, it's a figure 
kind of in a, a sort of bubble in a way in the snow looking at water at these dolphins with these um, crowns and in the background there's snow and kind of an angel I don't know if you can see that uh, but it's this person is contemplating a bridge cracking ice um, all kinds of water mm. so air and uh, the different aspects of water and ether so I find it quite fascinating that this is the card that's come up today for this full moon that is in Scorpio so we know it's about deep emotional uh, connections or changes and so this card is all about water which is uh, uh, which is emotion mm-hmm. and it's this figure looking at these dolphins there's two dolphins one is handing the figure kind of showing the figure here's a crown and what's interesting about that to me is what I read into it is that it's kind of you've arrived at a certain place, maybe a place that you've been longing to be at and now you're receiving recognition for having kind of traveled all this way. It's like this figure's traveled over this vast plain and uh, is in her own bubble and going, I've arrived. So feels very powerful to me. I don't know if you have anything to say about it, Lou. It just struck me about all the, the there's so much water in it, really. Uh, and, you know, obviously Scorpio is a water sign, the deepest of water signs. So I always love how these things show up. And the dolphin and the, it, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of challenge in this full moon. And this card um, is showing me, the kind of way we can leap up above it because there's the curve of the bridge, there's the curve of the dolphin, there's the angel kind of floating up above it. I kind of um, hope that we're going to help you to float up above a lot of the challenges with this. And that's what I kind of see in the card, to be honest. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's well said. This idea of being able to see this frontier Uh, kind of it's very pales whites and blues in the frontier is not to see it as a challenge but to see it as water changing you know ice melting into liquid um, kind of an opportunity to rebalance this uh, way we've been yeah yeah oh and apparently we do have a um question we will be answering (laughs) i've realized i've forgotten to look at the emails because i don't they don't get forwarded to me so we'll be looking at a question towards the end of the thing so so i'm going to uh, get back into that email account while jen starts to look at the uh, chart if that's all right with you jen oh yes all right that'll be good so one of us can do that and then i'll talk a little bit about what i see in the chart which is um well i'm going to talk about it a little bit from the numbers because i think that's a great way to kind of go into it Mm -hmm. for me uh so the idea that this is happening on the 18th of this month and one in eight is nine so we know it's a nine day uh And the interesting thing is when we have a nine, that when we add it to any number, it reduces back that number to itself, right? Mm. So this month, we're in a 17 universal month. And this is all about creating a legacy. And it's about completing 
Like as we're la laying the seeds for new things or new ideas, we are kind of bringing in what we value, what we're being called to do. And the 18 is um, talking about the other aspect of this, which is the completion, the ending, the ending of things. And I see the number 18 as kind of the, it's the ego uh, kind of losing its power, which when I'm talking about the ego, the, the, personal personality of self so of course we want our personalities but we don't want our personalities to rule our lives or our thinking or our responses so with the 18 we're having that nine which is about completion and about compassion kindness connection to the universe and then we also have a nine because the moon and sun are 27 degrees which is pretty amazing right like you just can't make this stuff up it's so crazy that we have 27 degrees, which is the final nine in the numbers, because three nines are 27. And of course, two plus seven is nine. Uh, this is a very magical number. It's quite, uh, um, it's fortuitous. Let's put it this way. If we're willing to take what we're being given to do things in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so it invites us not only to use our wisdom, but it also invites us to do that uh, being in balance with ourselves, setting our boundaries, as well as connecting to others, which is kind of that card, if you think about it, the card we were just looking at is mm. that same story. So we have that nine appearing twice on this day, and we have a third nine, because the universal number of this day is also a nine. It's 27 as well, because we have, uh, no, it's an eight. Sorry, excuse me. Um, it's an eight. I think I'll have to work that out. I don't know. Suddenly I'm like, I'm not sure of myself. <laughs> That's so interesting. It's the uh, Mercury of the moon here is can, um, I mean, the Mercury with the sun. It yeah. can actually um, kind of blind you to what the truth is. So you can get confused about what the truth is. And here I am. I'm the living example of I'm confused. <laughs> I'm always confused at the moment. Neptune's net square and everything in my chart still. So. <laughs> there is one other 27 uh, yes. as well. Yes. Sedno, who we're going to talk about a little bit as well. Uh, or That's we? right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yes, so that's very interesting that there's Sedna, who's also very water-based, bringing that energy into uh, to where the sun is. So we have a lot of nines kind of filling in. So it's telling us that there is a lot of ending series. Is it a nine as well on the chart? So, and that's opposite the kind of almost, you could say opposite. So there's a lot of this kind of, you can see the kind of female energies coming in, declaring it's a kind of war, but it's not a war in the way we think about war. It's more about, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It's kind of what water does. It just says, I don't care what's in my way. I'll just, you know, go over it. I'll go under it. I'll go around it. But you're not going to stop me. I'm just going to flow through uh, that energy. Like we were talking about, Lou, you know, the flooding kind of energy. Yeah. Is, I'm just going to do whatever. I'm just going to cover whatever I need to cover. I'm just going to uncover what I need to cover. No one's going to stop me. And that's kind of how I see this energy of the females in this um, chart is they're going, you know, okay, I've tried to, you know, compromise. I've tried to talk to you. I've tried to connect to you. I've tried to explain it to you. I've tried to show you. And, well, 
and I'm just going to do what I'm going to do because you're not getting it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, so yeah, for, so from an astrological perspective, you know, I looked at this chart and immediately, um, I have to say, as soon as there's a full moon in Scorpio, my mind goes floods because, um, you know, I've had personal experience of floods right under a Scorpio full moon in our basement, in our um, last house, um, actually flooded on a, in this freak flood thing. Um, completely flooded and all the work we'd had done in the basement had to be redone Um, and I I, you know I see it over and over since I've become more aware of the moon's um, uh, energies the different full moon energies and because Scorpio as I mentioned already when we looked at the card is the is a water sign but the deepest of water signs I always think of Scorpio energy as kind of the water at the deepest part of the ocean is it the marianas trench um you know it's very dark very very still but moving very slowly because water's always moving and it definitely represents the divine feminine so here we have the moon which is a, a you know female object as well in the sign of scorpio and opposing the sun which is really the divine masculine in modern day at least in other cultures they've had it the other way around but but the sun is um also in a feminine sign the taurus which really to my mind is is the most earthly of signs it's because it's uh, re- represents the manifest world and then we have sedna um almost exactly conjunct the sun in taurus and um to quickly talk about sedna um because i've actually just done a um a course on some of these new dwarf planets okay um the myth quickly sedna um was a beautiful maiden who reject kept rejecting marriage proposals and um unbeknownst to her um an unknown hunter appeared and sedna's father agreed to give her to him as wife in return for fish he, she's an alaskan goddess by the way an inuit goddess and Sedna's father gave Sedna a sleeping potion and gave her to the hunter who took her to a large nest on a cliff, revealing his true form, a great bird spirit. She wakes surrounded by birds. Her father then leaves in his kayak to rescue her from the floating ice island where she's imprisoned while the bird creature is away. But the creature calls to the spirit of the sea to help him. Um, basically, uh, the sea spirit launches waves all over to try and kill um kill the father and the daughter but the father decides to save himself and throws sedna overboard in the hope that this will appease the angry god sedna clings to the kayak but her father grabs a little axe and chops three fingers off before striking her on the head and the three fingers each become a different species of seal the stroke to her head sends Sedna to the ocean floor where she resides, commanding the animals of the sea. And um, she's actually the outermost known um, dwarf planet currently. We know there's a lot more, but she's kind of the, she's the one with the slowest um, 
orbital speed because she, she's the furthest out there. She's actually, um, her orbit, I cannot remember what it is. It's long. She moves. 238. Yeah, 238 years or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and she represents spiritual that's a long way for me to get round to saying the importance of this full moon really you know not only is it in the deepest of water signs and with um the sun in an earth sign it's also got sedna that represents this real um spiritual destiny through transcendent crisis kind of energy right there on this full moon I kind of, and I kind of feel it building myself already personally. I feel like we're building to something. I kind of feel like something's kind of literally going to flood. I think there could be physical floods. Sure. Houston's already having them apparently. I have a friend there, but I think there's something bigger coming like floods in different ways. Mercury's right there as well. I think there's going to be floods of information. Mercury is aspecting Pluto in Capricorn, who's been excavating all the crap of the patriarchy for years now and is still doing it. Um, it's also widely aspecting Jupiter, which is making everything even bigger and expansive as well. I I really feel like we're kind of coming to a bit of a a crisis and I mean crisis in the true point of sense of the word you know not crisis every, with everybody running around going ah <laughs> a crisis is a kind of a turning point where things kind of come to a head and we have to make decisions that's what a true crisis is so I kind of feel it's a very very powerful um full moon and yes all the um, goddess energy is really kind of coming in there because um, it's very, very divine feminine energy, this full moon altogether. So. Right. And it's very interesting. I mean, the Sedna uh, um, tale, there's lots of different versions and some of the versions are about her. Uh, they say that she uh, was kind of uh, spoiled in the sense that no one would meet her, meet her requirements Mm. And so that's why her father just kind of sold off, if you will. And um, that energy that has been around us as females or with all our aspects of our own feminine side, whoever we are, uh, has been, there's been a kind of sulkiness, you can say, or a suffering that's like being a martyr, right? There's a martyrdom about that idea that, um, since this is the uh, offering you give me, this is the offering. This is how I'm going to wear this offer. This is how I'm going to live my life. You've made me suffer, so I'm going to be a martyr. Mm. And I think that's a really um, strong part of the kind of religions that we have. I forget what they call it, these kind of man-made religions or that are focused on male gods or something. Uh, Abrahamic religion. What's it? Abrahamic religions. They tend to be like the ones that are... Got a different name, but I guess that will work, right? Abrahamic. It's, it's just like this idea that here's this man that has been given the 
authority to rule over us because you know god or source is behind him and telling him yes you have my you have my blessing you do whatever you want and then the, the other aspect is he has this helpless child female or, or other males or whatever that don't have the power that now have to bow down and just agree to whatever this person is saying right because they're like well i have the voice of god so you can listen to me and i think that's the crisis point because to me if i think about a crisis it's a cross right and even if we think about the religion and how like uh, christianity is you know is about that that idea of sacrifice of you know there's nothing i can do because god wants me to suffer Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that's this this idea that Mm we cannot call to others like Sedna called to her father come and rescue me I don't know what to do you put me in this thing make it happen and then like the father doesn't know how to deal with it Mm. Um, all of that sulkiness or uh, refusal to see what is in front of us and decide like this is what is and I can choose to be this this kind of victim or choose to kind of you know live my life as a martyr uh or I can go, okay, I want something different. What do I need to do? This is what I have. I'm living in a bird's nest. How can I make this better? Right? How can I make it softer? You know, What can I do to be at peace with myself, what I value in the situation I find myself? Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, to, my, to my mind, I see, kind of, see it kind of as the tale as, as old as, as time of the males kind of writing the female as like difficult and. <laughs> no, absolutely. And there's all those aspects, right? Oh Not denying. <laughs> right. There are, all, there are all those aspects, but the truth yeah. is those aspects cannot be true unless we accept those as truths. True. So, yeah. Right. By saying, it's not saying that we just all yeah. went around and we were helpless. Yeah. We did do things and we have tried and men have done that thing. Patriarchy yeah. has done that breaking down, which is that, like we talked about, the uh, argol, you know, the, it's right on this. Yeah. The sun is right in argol, which is considered the demon. Uh, what is it? Something of the Medusa. Of the Medusa, which was about cutting off the power of the female, right? She was the destroyer. So I'm not saying that didn't happen, but it's happened under or within this framework of women are bad, yeah. uh, women have to be servants. So then we said, well, we are servants, we are bad. How do we, you know, how do we apologize for ourselves and live in that framework? And to me, that's what this flood is about. It's the flood of all this shit rising and going, what? I'm breaking apart this whole story, right? I'm breaking it all apart. You're not going to be able to cling to the story anymore. Because what does water do? It erodes, doesn't it? Right. It erodes. It destroys. It's, it yeah. softens. It changes. It, it, it just breaks down everything. You know, water doesn't say, well, oh, you've been a good person. You've been a bad person. It just goes like, you know, this is it, right? It's kind yeah. of like this is this flood. And I know we've talked about it before, the sewage flood. And I think that's kind of when you think about what is what you were talking about in, in the Pluto, in the depths of the water, you've got all this like hardened sewage in a way. It's all the secrets, the things that we have, the things we are ashamed of about ourselves because we think people won't accept us. It's all like hardened underwater. And now with all this like flooding coming, it's all going to you know, break up and rise to the top. Mm-hmm. And that, and that um, 
proximity to Mercury is where the information's going to come flooding in and out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's very interesting. It's at 24 degrees, right? Because 24 is this, it's kind of an abundant number. It is a, a very balanced, beautiful number. Mm. Uh, that's fascinating. And of course, you mentioned Jupiter, which is about expanding and Jupiter is at 22 degrees, which is that Buddha number, right? It's that number of uh, creating peace and we were talking about how this moon, one of the names is it's the Buddha moon. Yeah, that's how interesting. And 22 is the point where um, um, Saturn and Pluto will meet next January the 12th, by which all the astrologers are talking about all the time. So, and it's yes. showing up, you know, all these numbers around 22, 23, 24, they keep showing up over and over um, this year. So, uh, yeah right yeah it's like the maturation of this number it's the maturation of our recognition like it's like we've gone through this phase you know we've tried it all as women as people under some kind of suppression of like i was saying reasoning kind of thing and it's like that's that maturation where you get so like not you just get over it right it's like you've done all that you've been mad you've been furious you've been manipulative you've done all those things and you're just like I I just, it just doesn't matter anymore what you think of me because I cannot live under this, you know, I cannot live under this kind of layer of water. I can't live like just bobbing my head. But ironically, ironically, she decides to live in the water and she becomes like the goddess of the oceans and actually controls it and controls the harvest. So, uh, right. Yeah. I do want to mention a few. um, How fascinating. Yeah. A few. I do, I'd love to mention a few words that Alan Clay has has talked about the astrological nature of um, Sedna. Um, he talks about mm. the three levels of consciousness, um, which um, is talked about a lot in evolutionary astrology. Right. We kind of have the unconscious level, and then this on the spiritual path, and then the spiritually evolved level. And you know, uh, and there's there's no right or wrong and i don't think anybody's ever at one level i think we can slip between the levels because you know sometimes we react at that old unconscious level sometimes we're back on the spiritual path then we have glimpses of being <laughs> kind of spiritual <laughs> uh, Buddhist. But, and, then, and then we slip back again so there's no judgment here there's no saying that you're in this box and you're in this box but um, this is how you might experience this crisis, in my opinion. So, you know, some people will be feeling some alienation, some sense of victimization, some um, resent, real nurturing resentment, because this is quite a pressured um, full moon with these energies and these aspects to it. On the spiritual path, though, you'll feel it will and it's that doesn't suggest that it's any easier but it's coming to a point of radical acceptance and um a radical kind of acknowledgement of how things are and using that as a starting point and keeping your heart open as well and um and also nurturing your sense of humor it makes me laugh because i keep pulling the devil card in the tarot which is about kind of (laughs) Well, it's the Capricorn card and it's about taking laugh, kind of, you know, laughing at what's bedeviling you instead of going, letting it drag you down. 
it doesn't mean spiritual override it just means facing it with a bit of humor and then at the spiritually evolved level and you we may you know there'll be quite a few of you get glimpses of this as well um a real kind of sense of transcendent peace and of really that you're stepping into your spiritual destiny and um moving into this real transpersonal consciousness where we just know everything's connected and um, how lucky are we if we are reaching that point but of course you can help yourself to get there (laughs) by awareness and by doing the work and kind of you know having practice a meditation practice or some kind of practice that keeps you in tune with the energies and um and really kind of following your spiritual path you can actually kind of reach a bit more of this transcendence um at these pressured points in my opinion yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right and you know it's very interesting as you're talking you know it's kind of like the little wheels spin in my head is what you're saying because of course having these nines right the 27 that the sun and sedna are at plus being on an uh, a nine day the 18 uh, is about compassion it's about connecting to this universal uh, forgiveness and uh, universal love and really tapping into that field and the recognition like water everything in water i mean all the uh, molecules in water you can take out a cup of water one globule of water that has its own energy but when you put it back in the water it you know it all becomes it's still itself but into the naked eye it all looks the same right it's this recognition of whatever is is and so that's absolutely true we are being shown that we have a choice it doesn't mean we're going to take the choice that would be considered the highest level or the lowest level because this is free will we all get to decide what we want to do the bigger picture here is as you've talked about is since this is you know the taurian energy that's still going through you know we're in the month of taurus we're in the year of 12 which is that one two three movement step by step This month is an eight month. That's 17. It's an eight. It's about having a leadership uh, um, kind of focus and going, what's the big picture? And then what are my obstacles and what do I need to do? It's another step-by-step kind of process. It's like what you're talking about. We can only come from the place we're at. So if we're in a place of struggle, we can decide I I can change one tiny thing. I can't change everything in my life, but maybe I can change one tiny thing. I can make sure I get out into nature more. We definitely need to remember we're in this pivot point right now between technology taking over and us living our lives through technology and going, wait, I need a balance. I need to remember I'm on the earth. I need to, this is about materialism. Like you talked about, we are materializing new things. So we have to let go of the old, we have to ship, you know, shape some of this stuff, but also materialize, get out into nature and start thinking about what we can create from what we have. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it always, always brings me back when we talk along these lines to my favorite quote, the, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Now that can be used for real spiritual override and things if you're not careful but it's just talking about a little tiny switch in your thinking. You know, instead of going when your bills arrive in the mail, if you're having a really hard time financially, you know, instead of going, oh my God, it's the bills. 
kind of just try and open it and thank the electricity bill for the heat you get. <laughs> One little switch. <laughs> You've still got to pay for it. Yes, it's still not easy, but at least you're acknowledging what you're getting for it, you know. So there's, there's lots of ways you can shift, you know, even if you can't shift much about your actual situation, you can shift your mindset a little bit just to make things easier on you. <laughs> so, yeah. Then, right. you, you can shift your approach. This yeah. The thing is you're free to make a different approach, like saying, I need to get out more. They, I just was listening yeah. to a program where the studies where they proved that people that get out into nature, when you get out into nature, it actually changes. You can lift depression if you're out of nature, in nature for a while. So yeah. just getting connected more with nature remembering that everything in nature is alive and allowing that to speak to you can change your whole day five minutes or 30 minutes outside can actually change your mood and your approach to what's in front of you yeah you don't have to go and hike the mountains or whatever just get go outside and find a patch of grass and put your bare feet on it for a few minutes right. <laughs> and just look at it look at the blades of grass or whatever you know it right. don't make everything too hard (laughs) (laughs) it's a choice you can say this is easy you know we actually have control over our minds you know the minds don't control us we control our minds but we behave as if our minds are in control and that was kind of what i was talking about in the beginning the 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 idea of the ego or the personality there's all these things we do like oh i want people like i have this burning need for people to like me i think that's a very uh, it's quite a popular thing right like a lot of people want to be liked (laughs) and uh, I often find myself doing things or judging myself or doubting myself because I'm afraid that what I think somebody's saying or thinking which probably has nothing to do with me because their facial expression or the words my interpretation uh, can be oh they don't like me so what can I do to make them like me or something or let me move myself away Uh, And that's all kind of negative stuff that is not helpful. So, you know, it's just like, oh, I can see myself doing this. And then I can say, you know, why don't I just open my heart? Or why don't I just try something different? Or imagine that they do like me or that it doesn't matter if they like me. You know, all of these things we can do to go, you know, I think lots of people like me. I can tell myself that and I can keep telling myself that until it becomes true. Yeah. So a couple of other things I noticed in the in the chart thing as well is that uh, well, I mentioned Pluto, you know, excavating the, the patriarchy, but also, you know, about the rules uh, that we've allowed to uh, or we've given our power away to. We've allowed to have control over us. You know, we can only people can only people and things, institutions can only control us if they allow it. So it's going to bring up stuff around that again. You know, Pluto's very slow moving. He's been in Capricorn for a long time and he's there for a long time yet. So he's still bringing up our um, our own empowerment around the rules. What do we want to, uh, what rules do we want to follow and what rules don't work for us kind of thing, to put it most basically. Mm. And Pluto rules Scorpio that's uh, where the moon is so I just want to finish this thought if that's all right and then no, you're, you mean, and then moon and then Venus rules uh, Taurus where the sun and Sedna are and Venus is um, 
on the new on the full moon chart is um almost exactly conjunct uranus in taurus at the beginning of taurus and um and so we've got pluto aspected and we've and we've also got venus that rules um taurus right next to uranus and that's kind of the lord of um lightning bolts and sudden breakthroughs and things and i think you know with this pressure build up as we've talked around you know to this crisis point full moon is a release point anyway it's a fulfillment but there's so much more in this chart that kind of gives me the feeling that around may the 18th there's a lot of people who are kind of going to go head explode and have sudden awakenings sudden awarenesses sudden uh, release Mm -hmm. of um, a real flooding away of old beliefs old patterns um all kinds of stuff you know i'm not gonna i'm not suggesting it's gonna be easy i don't think any of this is just going to be floaty. There's nothing floaty about this. <laughs> it's it's kind of quite pressured, but it's going to be tremendous if you can kind of um, tap into the the strengths of the deep emotion of Scorpio and the groundedness of Taurus, and really kind of face it with a bit of courage. Is how I feel. Yes, and it's very interesting. I love what you shared because, you know, of course, it's very interesting. This this month is the month that is this eight, which does imbue us with courage mm-hmm. and strength to overcome obstacles. And the nine, it's all like what you're saying, the eight and nine, this energy of the two working together hand in hand. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I need to do. I can see the bigger picture. I can let go of the stuff. Uh, but what was coming to my mind was this idea of the depth of Scorpio, um, Pluto, Uh, really that energy coming forward and influencing the sun or shining a light on this darkness Mm -hmm. uh, and that aspect of the gorgon's head you know the tail of argo with the you know the cutting off of the gorgon's head is this kind of releasing of this emotion the sense of you know all the pressure like you were talking about that i've been in my head or in my heart about my situation or about things we're in is released so it can get you know, messy, because now you've got all this stuff all over and you've got to clean it up. But the pressure of releasing that energy mm-hmm. and this idea of the demon or the devil, the kind of all these DE, the deep, you know, that kind of energy that is very material in a way. It's like, because we think of it as something real and mm-hmm. so it becomes real. Uh, but it's also the way we can use that to change. We can take that energy and kind of, Uh, use it to shape new things instead of just spewing hatred or anger at other people we can actually use it to kind of fuel where we're going yeah what's very fun i i actually agree with you and i think it's really a fun thing that i use all the time is this idea of using humor to to shift our fear from of the devil or the demon or the stuff kind of kind of laugh at this idea not with uh acrimony but with pure joy like oh you're trying to control me and i'm not going to let you you know it's that freedom of like oh i can actually enjoy this experience i'm having mm-hmm. can have a good time and um i think that's pretty potent mm. and just looking at what we were looking at as the um 
I can see there's a lot of fours in here, which I find interesting. Uh, that is also about manifesting or making things real. It's very earthy. It is. Uh, that's kind of waking us up. Uh, I see quite a few of the, you know, we talked about Jupiter and then uh, who else is Lilith? I think she's at 13. Venus is at four. Right, we've got all this like uh, iron, right? The healer. So it's all this four energy that's kind of like, yes, we're creating new foundations. Then we have the three energy that's breaking up all of this the curiosity, our humor that's uh, kind of waking us up mm. to, oh, we have a different way we can do this or see this. So, I'm and then, yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah. I'm finished. <laughs> no, I was just going to talk about Mars, but go yeah. ahead. No, you talk about Mars first, because then I, that will lead me nicely back to um, our goal, this fixed star. Okay, good, good. And then Mars, which, you know, this is really fascinating. Okay, Mars is at one degree. Out of bounds. What? He's out of bounds. Out too. of bounds, exactly. He's out of bounds, which, as Lou has shared, it means that he does crazy things. So he's, he's, he's agitating us in new ways and expanded ways in maybe, you know, putting that irritation. So we're going to do something or say something that we wouldn't have said before because we were had it under a lid. Right. Mm. And being in this one degree, so very focused, right. In one way, like, yes, I have my intention. I'm really going to niggle you and, and, and kind of make uh, communication difficult because I'm going to kind of spur you with fire uh, in Cancer, which is ruled by the moon. So it's very much the people, the the home, the this energy of kind of protecting ourselves, right? Through our fury. But it's also the female energy, right? It's it's this using this male energy uh, to bring this kind of out of bounds stuff, the stuff that's been hidden in the dark, has been silenced into the open with a very, you know, clear focus and kind of pointed arrow like this is my intention i'm going to niggle you until you kind of explode in a way yeah or you decide to do what you said transmute like find the next level what level do i want to be in you know the first level where i just you know it just spew out everything i feel the second level where i get more um aware and i kind of start paying attention or the third level where i kind of like look at you doing it and i don't feel triggered yeah, yeah. So um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the fixed star algal. Um, you know, I, I I was drawn to quickly look at the story of Medusa because um, this is Medusa's head, apparently the fixed star, and you know, it, this the fixed star she gets. It, it gets such a bad uh, rap. It's supposed to be the most evil of stars. Conjunct the sun, which will it will be on this full moon, means violent death or extreme sickness. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love these fixed star descriptions. They're so gory and disgusting. And actually, there could be some of it. <laughs> I, I was reading right. a story about, about it. I was reading a story about bubonic plague last night. It's on the rise again, you know, um, you know, like 10 cases or something. It's not like well, that. yes. And I'll just input here before you go further. And this is interesting that all the signs are pointing to higher disease yeah. and, uh, and, and right. So, but that's one of the things that kind of eliminates 
you know, it's a gory way, but it does eliminate a lot of uh, vermin. Like you just, when you get rid of the things that are, that are eating vermin. Yeah. Then. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, don't be surprised if we have another, you know, thing coming up, uh, you know, on the news all the time about a certain disease, but anyway, but I, I wanted to go, you know, there's always, I find there's always another little twist to these stories really as well, because Medusa was the actual, um, one of the three Gorgons, um, was actually a, an exception. She was a beautiful mortal. She was not an evil one, but, um, she was, uh, she, ref- because she was the exception, she in- incurred the wrath of Athena and uh, and was actually transformed into the vicious monster with snakes for the head. She was killed by Perseus who chopped off her head. And um, and so it's kind of like she, this, this poisonous side of her was kind of caused by something else. It was, it was, um, she, it's not her true nature from from who she was to start with so you know i always think there's a good thing inside everything you know so you'll hear a lot of stuff about algol probably and uh, and i think there is going to be some stuff but again there's the good underneath so <laughs> oh. yes Absolutely. And I, I just to put on kind of the kind of thing that comes up for me is this is one of the things that's so interesting is here was this being was filled with poison, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sense, because you've got to look at the bigger picture. Snakes actually represent female. So this idea of, yes, she was transformed. She was punished for being who she was. Mm-hmm. And people don't like it because she was very powerful and she wasn't falling for all of the stories. And then we have... Uh, Athena, right, mm. who was this great supposedly wise being who was jealous, right? So it's it's very interesting, right? And what jealousy does. And Scorpio and Pluto, that's all about jealousy. There's a lot of that kind of negative, you know, this kind of heavy energy. So if you think about it, absorbing into the body all the poison, right? And then the head getting cut off, which is your mind. It's like your mind getting blown, right? And I think you talked about that. It is. <laughs> the poison kind of flying out and then you're released from having to play that role like Mm -hmm. i don't want to be defined by someone else's uh, placement of something on me but i also want to feel the truth of my power where it's not being confined so it feels like it's poisonous right but it's it's being uh, pure my power is being pure. And so you can think about Mars in that sense of being the warrior energy, right? Mm, absolutely. Kind of focusing that. And a lot of these female energies are pretty warrior-like too. Oh, oh, indeed. Absolutely. And uh, they've just yeah. been painted as the evil warrior <laughs> for centuries. I did have a list of other transits we have coming up and I can't find it. I did want to just quickly talk a little bit around the full moon because I realise we've only focused on that because um, it's, so, it's so pretty big. But we do have um, 
on the way to that, we do have a Venus sextiling Eris, uh, sorry, Venus sextiling Mars, I think. Yes, uh-huh. sextiling Mars on the 14th. And then Vesta is actually going to square the moon's nodes. So we've got a lot of other Vesta, Venus, they're all female, um, divine feminine things. We've got a lot of um, divine feminine aspects coming up to the full moon is what I wanted to say, including today where we have um, Venus actually trining Jupiter, squaring Pluto and conjunct my favorite Eris, uh, that revealer of artifice. And, um, and you know, we've got a lot of Mercury aspects leading up to it too. And both the, all these planets are really kind of, involved in this full moon so i keep saying it in my blog we keep saying it on the podcast that the divine feminine with all these you know newer objects being discovered the dwarf planets and the asteroids being used more it's really kind of speaking more it's almost as if the astrology and the numerology i think is is really starting to balance out the way we think things are going to do as we move mm. to the new paradigm yeah so uh absolutely and i think oh sorry no gone it's fine yeah <laughs> i'd lost sorry. my train of thought suddenly i'd gone off into it <laughs> oh no sorry sorry about that yeah. uh yeah i i just wanted to kind of uh, kind of catch up or whatever catch on the back my my mind's going now again <laughs> oh so, <laughs> but you know it's very interesting because all of these aspects are aspects of um not only waking us up but i think what's happening well, i'm certainly experiencing and then i see other people are experiencing is what's since we're in this time of creativity in a time of uh, um nothing has been created yet like the old is dying the new has not quite been formed so we're having all this kind of inspiration and all this newness and change coming through, uh, the innovation, you know, we've talked about some of it, this, this idea of seeing the, where the disease comes from, right? The disease, and, and having choices like, oh, I don't need to do that. And again, I'm freed. I can see that stuff's rising. Uh, it's been expressed. Like there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been expressed that will, is now being expressed in new ways and will continue and what's happening is it's creating these gaps of um, nothingness where we're going, wait, what just happened? I kind of lost my train of thought or this bubble of tr- whatever, like the way things are normally, the patterning in our minds is kind of changing. It's just like, it's just disappearing. It's just blobs of nothing. Like, mm. wait, what just happened? And I'm seeing the same thing with um, people, males and females, this what you were talking about, this idea of the divine feminine or this energy coming in, this creative energy coming in and kind of either it can be violent in the sense that it's just knocking us over the head, we get knocked over, we have something happen or in a more subtle way where we're like, oh, I need to change my thinking. Like, it's just like, it's just like showing up, which is very interesting. Mm. My, my, I'm, I'm experiencing it most in my clients, I must say, from more of a... Uh, a hit over the head awakening kind of thing at the moment people seem to be getting that more <laughs> almost like I don't right. know. it's very interesting to me <laughs> yes right it's 
like you know it's like it's melting it's melting it's like your your calendar and your structure is disappearing because in order for this new stuff to find its place and to seed and to be rooted uh the old stuff does need to be reformed like it doesn't mean like we've talked about you're not going to throw everything away but it does need to be um i thought i put it on do not disturb anyway does need to be reformed or you need to make space right to like oh i'm I'm making something new uh, so that awareness like what does it feel like when i make something new means that there's space to change your mind there's space to do it differently you're being given tools uh you know we have i just noticed neptune is at 18 as well right that's another nine right the psychic energy but it's also about kind of freeing us from that kind of prison of old thinking like oh this was something right that was something that was sucking me in or you know and incidentally neptune is right next to black moon lilith the true oh yes true um um calculation and and we keep i, I we've I've, we've noted this before recently jen in a few of our podcasts that we keep getting these pairings of kind of the a male energy traditional male energy and one of the newer kind of female um, divine female energies and you, of course again saying that men and male and female is in all of us but here we have you know the sun the male next to sedna um we have neptune uh, the god of the of the seas if you like next to lilith and um and then but then we have pluto next to saturn two heavy hitter kind of very divine male energies but they are at the dragon's tail end of the releasing end of the moon's nodes saying this has got to stop kind of thing this control <laughs> patriarchy kind of thing so but here we have uh, oh and venus and uranus together that was right. yeah right. we just I, we just keep seeing these pairings all the time it's it's almost like the divine female energies are saying okay i'm taking my place i'm taking my place i'm taking my place <laughs> over and over and over again that's right exactly oh yes that's that's a very powerful point to make and i think what's interesting about the pluto and saturn pairing especially with the um node there the south node which is the brain and that's also the nodes are at 18 degrees too so that's really pretty um (laughs) Um, is the um the fact that saturn is really about um shaping new uh, systems and it's like this is the discipline you need to go like okay i'm done but what does it look like to be undone and then to start over right because yeah. and with that that combination yeah yeah he builds right it, it's 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 pretty uh potent uh stuff when we're thinking about how all of these doors are opening to give us this room to kind of go, right. I don't want, I don't like what it's being, but it's also asking us to pick up the reins and go, what do I want different? Like we just can't sit around going, I don't know what I want. I don't know what the world is supposed to be. Oh, it's all a disaster. It's just like, what are you going to do? What are you choosing to do as your divine mission, as your 
um, kind of gift or your service to uh, exactly. the world. Exactly. Okay. And to environment, right? What's your service to? Well, yeah, not forgetting, of course, that, you know, a full moon in Scorpio is the deep oceans and the earth, Taurus. So, yeah. Well, how are we serving the greater anyway? So what should we do next, Jen? We do have a fabulous question. Shall we read the symbols after the question? Shall we look at this question first? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do yeah. the question. All right, then. So this is from a Jennifer. I'm not going to read her surname. Um, she emailed us and she said, first of all, I'm going to read the compliment. <laughs> she said, I love the podcast. It's become a regular tool in my spiritual journey and a resource for understanding how the planets are impacting the world around us. The unabashedly feminist perspectives make my heart sing. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> anyway, her question. Thank you. Her question is, I've always loved astrology and resonated strongly with most of my inner planet signs, but I'm really trying to understand the whole chart and just learned what lunar nodes mean. She's Leo North uh, node, Aquarius South node, and she says it's mind blowing. She says, I understand the theme of my purpose, but the how feels like a mystery. How do I use this information? How do you advise people take action from the meanings in their chart? I share the same worries as the listener who was worried about missing signs for growth. Also, her ascendant descendant matches her lunar node pair. Is that always the case? Do you mind if I answer first? <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay. I want you to answer first. Okay. So uh, I'll answer the last bit first because that's easy. No the ascendant descendant does not always match the lunar node pair at all. My north nodes in Libra, south in Aries, and I'm Sagittarius ascendant. So no, not at all. So that's, we can just say it, it will show up at whatever house it shows up in your chart, according to your time of birth and everything. But um, as to the how of the nodes, well, first of all, Anybody that wants to, and this is one of my Bibles, anybody that really wants to understand the nodes should get this book. <laughs> and I just have, always have it on my desk. It's The Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller, who actually passed away. But this is all about the moon's nodes. Um, but let me talk about the moon's nodes. It's the dragon's head and the dragon's tail. So the south node is the tail. The north node is the... Um, is the dragon's head and um, your soul's purpose in this lifetime is to uh, develop um, traits of the north node without cutting off the dragon's tail if you like without making the south node um, traits wrong but the south node is what um, Stephen Forrest calls your soul habit Okay, it's, it's, it's your karma, if you like. It's lessons your soul comes into this lifetime um, or habits you're, you, you're born with. So instinctive that um, story my teacher told me was imagine a concert violinist. Okay, uh, trained all these years, maestro at the violin, uh, gets knocked out. Uh, loses all his memory and 
forgets he ever could ever play the violin. But then suddenly one day he walks across and just picks up a violin and can still play it. That's your self-node habit. It's things you do so instinctively and unconsciously. Um, it doesn't mean they're wrong, but they can sometimes have a bit of a grip on you, an unconscious grip, a reactive grip, your, your self-node traits. Okay, for example, my self-node is in Aries in the third house. And I do have a tendency to unconsciously uh, rip people at the knees verbally. <laughs> and I know I do because I'm aware of my South Node habit. And sometimes it still slips out, you know. But I remember when I was young, because these habits are very unconscious when you're young. When I was young, people would say to me, do you have to do that? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you're not really aware you're until you're older so the ha habit for using myself as the example again my north node traits to learn my dharma are things like to be more balanced to pause to listen to the other person before i rip them at the knees verbally and because <laughs> it's libra so it's about the other and being in partnership with people and working collaboratively with people instead of just instinctively kind of diving in. But, you know, to, to go back to this book, and I, you know, I could go on forever, but if you've seen the size of book she's written about the nodes, it's not, you can tell, it's not the quickest question to answer for everybody. She does at each chapter, um, create and give you uh, um, attributes to develop and um, tendencies to leave behind. And that's how she describes it. And that's a good way to look at the nodes. It's not saying, you know, I'm never going to speak forcefully because I will, because I'm an activist, but it's not ripping people's heads off, basically. So does that explain it, do you think, Jen? Yeah, I think it's a fair ex explanation of uh, how it works. Yeah. That's the south node, right? The the control of the south node. Yeah. Uh, it's just about loosening the grip of those south node habits, really. Not not saying, oh, they're awful and I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. And for me, the thing about the South Node is like, this is also about our past lives. So it's mm -hmm. a rich treasure trove, but we tend to value what we already know. Yeah. And so, yes, I know how to behave in a certain way. I know how to respond. So it's not whether it's good or bad. It's just like we've done that and we are done with that in some way. So it's the evolution. We are choosing the evolutionary path. We're going from who I was, which doesn't mean I don't still have that because I do, but now I'm going to the direction I'm going towards. What is the thing I want more of? So if you ask yourself that question and you go, what is the thing I want more of? And then you look at the placement of your North node, then it helps you understand that, oh, this is what I want more. This is what my soul is longing for in this experience. How do I have this experience? Because if you just repeat what you've already done, 
um, that's great. It's comfortable, but it's not going to move you to the next place. So you actually have to break that update romance that you have with your soft node. It's a drain in some ways, you know, it, 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 because we're doing something that's familiar and we already know how to do it. It's all subconscious. It's like, we're not excited about it, but it's impacting us sometimes not well. So by being excited by the day, like, oh, I'm moving in a different direction. I'm moving away from the, the tail. I'm going to the head. Mm. Um, you know, I'm actually, I'm the one that is in charge of this experience. And I think to me, that's the most powerful way to deal with it is to decide what do I want? Where is my head? Where's my eyes? What am I looking at? Where's my heart? What is the thing that is valuable to me to know in this lifetime or learn or experience? And let me do that. Let me fall down. Let me make a fool of myself so I can actually experience this. Uh, you know, I, I think this is to me the most exciting thing about being on this path or this evolution or revolution or whatever you want to call it. You know, we're, we're, we're going around, we're experiencing something and we get to, to point the direction that our eyes are going. We get to point the direction or the expansion of our hearts. We can be in fear or we can be in love. We can be looking backwards or we can be looking forwards uh, and, and be in this moment. This is the biggest thing is where I am now. Where am I now? That doesn't make sense. Where am I now, right? And what direction am I going towards? In this moment, this habit, this thing, do I want to do this or I want to do something else? And that, that kind of, I'm not quite sure I answered the how, how do I use this information? Well, Jen's just kind of answered. It starts with awareness for a start. And A, you will not really feel the pull of your North Node until at least after your first Saturn return, usually. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not really strongly. But how you do it is... Uh, is through this spiritual path and awareness you know and and from being in the now as jen said starting where am i now what's coming up which path do i choose to turn to it's it's all about awareness always and um and that's you know why i'd love to bring awareness self-awareness through my work um that's the only way to use it and then you make a choice at every every moment every second every millisecond even once you're aware you can choose which way to go the instinctive old comfortable reactive way or do things a little bit differently until it becomes more of a habit and more of a habit and more of a habit right you're inching towards the other direction yeah. And just one thought that came when Lou was talking is, you know, just take a breath before you yeah. react and yeah. go, do I want to choose this response? Yeah. Yeah. So I hope we answered your question, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sending it in. And yes. we get more questions. We love having good meaty questions like that. That was a fabulous one. <laughs> it was indeed. Yeah, it's very exciting. So, Jen, do you want to read the Sabian symbol for this? Indeed. Let me just get my notes here. So, um, Scorpio 28, the king of the fairies approaching their domain. Woo! Although I think it would be better if it was the queen of the fairies. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, approaching her. She's the most powerful. 
I, I just want to mention this because it's so interesting. It, it's come up uh, and it, it's one thing that we don't acknowledge talking about the feminine is in the tarot and in all these different things, uh, basically it's the female or the female side of us that connects to the divine. It's the yeah. male who looks at the female, the female looks at the divine. So uh, we've got to remember that's the, that's the connection to the divine is through the female, right? Not through the male and not through our, our, need to be right but through our uh, idea of our intuition our connection so this to me speaks of this and this symbol shows the ability or the need to feel at ease and in charge of your home territory or domain you may have been searching for where you belong or where your domain is although you may at times be off looking for this feeling alien and alone won't work there's a need to feel accepted welcomed and loved you may want to be a dominant leader or have a doting populace. <laughs> as long as egos are in control, this can be a fabulous experience of returning home, nice and calm, spiritual place to be. Although this degree can show a world of one's own creation or imagination, which would be fabulously rewarding, it can also be rather ungrounded in reality, imaginary worlds. Finding a place to fit in and feel comfortable, feeling in charge and in demand, returning home, taking command of your life, fairies, nature, spirits, elves. Mm. And the caution is an imaginary world dependence on trickery, someone acting like a hotshot, lording it over people, being impotent, feeling locked out in homelessness. Mm. So. I, don't, I think you got that from the Linda Hill book, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, probably. Yeah. I, well, I mean, that's, it's all good. I love her book yeah. too, but I just wanted to read the keynote from. Um, oh yes. Cause I just realized there's no keynote. <laughs> and I've got, I have it, I have it on the screen. Oh, good. Good. It's the capacity in man to recognize and to pay homage to an integrating principle at the core of all existence. And really, I just love that because, you know, I, I talked about the deep oceans. That's the very core, your kind of root chakras, your, uh, that's the Scorpio energy. And then Taurus is the physical mm. body. And really the core of all existence of your existence is you. So, <laughs> yes, yes. And that recognition, I think I'm going to add based on what it says, King of the Fairies approaching their domain, right? is this idea of belonging, of knowing that you belong here now on earth. Yeah. You have a right to be here. So take your place instead of apologizing or, you know, acting to get people to like you or... Uh, or waiting to get the mythical. Right. <laughs> mythical, pretend or whatever. Know that everything has its place and that yes. so do you. So you, you have the right to, to, you know, be that being who you are. Right. And not demand that other people bow to you, any of that shit, but just be, you know, yeah, the truth of who you are. And, and just like the keynote in that one was um, about the integrating principle at the core, the Chandra symbol kind of talks about a similar thing. It says a building, the only part of it left is the cornerstone and the cornerstone is the core, basically sacrificing and renouncing the full flood of all you are capable of in order to make way for the bare bones of what stark destiny insists upon dropping everything to become attuned to collective destiny calls 
doing so often with considerable damage to yourself, a ruthless will, a fierce life direction, almost no self-compassion or sympathy. It has got to be this way if you are intent upon making yourself available to what is asked or intended with every part of yourself out of the picture except your core indomitable conviction that something hugely important is going on here and all personal considerations are, are as nothing. This is a path that will draw you through some scary and extreme places, many deaths, and can draw you into a place of sheer one-pointed reality, into becoming as lucidly all here as can humanly be attained. So that's, again, you know, these Chandra symbols are very dense, but to my mind, that's kind of talking about spiritual deaths, really, until you reach that real core point of you, that cornerstone, and then you start building yourself up again, um, being flooded away, it's being washed away. So, Right, and that is, I mean, eight is, yeah. it is the house of death, and we've talked about disease and death and, and all of these things that could bring physical death, physical difficulty, yeah. as well as um, that idea that everything has been swept away from us except the core of who we are, right? And to be okay with that because this is what the universe is doing. It's remaking us mm -hmm. uh, so that we can deal with what's coming. Like it's not like, okay, I've got to cling to my possessions. I've got to cling to my standing in the world so I can't take care of what's really happening. And, and that's not to suggest that everybody's going to lose everything. But no. it's kind of, in some way, I think everybody's going to lose everything. It might be at a spiritual level. Some people will lose physical things, you know. Um, but there's going to be some kind of deaths going on on this. Planet. Right. Our souls are being bared. And this is, I mean, we think about Uranus in Taurus. This is what this is yeah. about. This is about remembering what are the what is the cornerstone of who you are. What's the core of your being? What yeah. are you what do you value? And yeah. ultimately that's the thing. All the things that we think we value that are not in integrity will disappear from our lives. Yeah. And um, you know, and that's why we need to focus on what we value and be in integrity with everything we do. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I've been, you know, talking, hammering on about it in my blog for, for days about core values, core values. All my clients have been like to your core values you need to know really what your core values are because this is that's all that matters really the core. And, and, yeah and the interesting thing is a lot of us you know we develop in our first seven years of our life we're absorbing what other people have done around us and we take on what their values are or what we think yeah. are our values we don't even know most of us what our values are yeah. because they've never been tested we're just spouting things that other people have said right Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that. But what are we doing when we confronted with the situation? Right? Yeah. Are we living those values, or we're just because so many of us, and I can say that for myself, right? In I can say things, but am I actually doing that when, you know, when push comes to shove? Am I behaving in what the thing I say is the way it's supposed to be? I know. I think we can all say that. Yeah. <laughs> I said on my blog today, you know, I said, you know, 
nobody's better than you you're better than nobody we're but you know we're just all people on this path all playing this game some of us uh study these symbols and things and stream the symbols and and uh some of us listen to it but then everybody else has got something else that's important too so right we're all divine so uh, i think it just simplifies things when we recognize this is not a competition about who's better or whatever we all have gifts and if we can just remember that each of us is here as a divine being making choices then it just simplifies things but we need to put this kind of stuff into practical action and we haven't lived in a world that has allowed that until now. So definitely coming. One last thing. I don't know if you've seen our mutual friend in England who you've worked with before in Glastonbury. She's a, she's on a right rant at the moment about all the bullshit in the course of miracles. <laughs> and it's like all this stuff is being. Right. It's what is out of integrity. And this yeah. is the thing of understanding that, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, it was in integrity because of the time we were in. It's not in integrity anymore because uh, we can't rely on somebody else to tell us who we are. We're going to have to figure it out. We can ask for help. We can, you know, reach out to uh, guides and get readings and people like you and I, we can do all those things. We can, we can do our best and, and get help, but we cannot get somebody else to replace us inside exactly nobody can do it for you right all right i think we've probably gone on long enough for this time (laughs) this was a good one though i think this was a really good one because this this full moon just has well i I feel it has deep power so so yes buckle up everybody (laughs) Right. This is a very powerful and very forceful time we're in where it's that same thing we're talking about. Uh, We're all equal in the eyes of the divine and we will be equally treated, but it is how we take what comes to us and what we experience that will help us uh, uh, deal better, right? That's all it is. We've got to remind ourselves that we're great at coping with things and we know what to do. And that's why we need to get out in nature and be connected to the fairies and to whatever things, because that's what gives us strength. That's what feeds us and nourishes us. Yeah, exactly. Ah, so Jen, how can people find you? Just a quick yeah. Yes, they can find me at jendishen.com. That's my website. Um, the Soul Pillow Salon is on there. Uh, my book, uh, yeah, book is on Amazon, but the cards are there too. Gendershin.com and Illuminating Journey Cards. I do have a group on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram and or contact me, Jen at Gendershin.com. Cool. And similarly, um, if you Google Louise Eddington with one D, you'll find me everywhere. My website is louiseeddington.com. Um, I have a free group called the Planetary Magic Cafe on uh, Facebook. Um, also a Facebook page, Louise Eddington Astrologer. Um, or you can follow my personal profile. It doesn't matter which really. I post the astrology to both. Um, there's my book, again, Modern Astrology. And if you've got my book, please leave me a review on Amazon. <laughs> Reviews are where it's at. And I've kind of stalled on the review fund. It's doing really well, though. And, um, oh, yes, 
I've, I'm, I've just moved um, my membership group from Patreon to a community that's more private and that I have more control over. So there's a link to that on my website too. If anybody wants to take a look, there's, um, there's membership at all levels. So, uh, oh, and I blog all the time. <laughs> And you can get my daily blogs on uh, that membership or on medium.com, Louise forward slash Louise Eddington. So cool. So for now, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jane.